Welcome to the WP SEO Show, brought to you by SEO Hive, your proactive white label SEO partner. The WP SEO Show is all about talking WordPress and SEO, from optimizations, structures, setups, and plugins. We explore how to make your WordPress website perform better in the search engines. Here are your hosts, Pete Everett and Jeff Patch. Hello and welcome to this episode of the WP SEO Show. My name is Pete and I am just one of your fabulous hosts today. Yes, I'm going to call us fabulous because nobody else is on the call, so who else is going to do it? Uh, I'm here with my brother from another mother, Mr. Jeffrey Patch. How are you doing, Jeff? I'm doing fabulous, Pete. I'm doing fabulous. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. I love that word. That's not what I use all the time when I'm describing myself, but I, I dig it. I'm fine with being fabulous. I love it. <laughs> You know what? I, I didn't plan this uh, this intro at all. It was a case of we hit record 36 seconds ago, and they were just the words that fell out my face. Um, That's when you know you're a true professional. It just comes to you so naturally. Uh, I want a name tag, Disney name tag right here that says uh, fabulous host, fabulous co-host. <laughs> right. Well, if you're watching this on our YouTube channel, because this isn't some this is something we haven't mentioned yet on the podcast, but we do actually film the the video for all of these podcasts. And they are very slowly, week by week, going to be building our YouTube channel. So if you are watching this, maybe Jeff, maybe you could edit us in just a little thing on our uh, on our lapels. I could oh yeah there you go. I was just gonna put a little uh lower third like you know mention, but yeah, we could I could Photoshop and or whatever after effects and some name tags on this sure. Sure, Pete, that sounds like a great use of my time this week. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not a good video editor. (laughs) Maybe not for this week's show, but uh yeah, no, absolutely. Uh but yeah, if you are listening to this uh and you do prefer to consume your content via video, please go and check out the YouTube link all of the links to all of our platforms and there's many players as we can find are on the website in the show notes so click through to the the landing page url and that'll just ping you straight off to our youtube channel and um, make sure that you like and subscribe and also if you are listening to this and you do like the content that we are creating um please do make sure you subscribe in your podcast player of choice if that isn't youtube in fact go and subscribe in both because that makes us feel good I think you get like 12 YouTube algorithm points if you say smash the like button. Well, you've just done that for us, so that that will that'll cover it. I with my Britishness, I cannot possibly say that sentence. No, you've you've got to be you got to be American. Sorry. I mean, I I generally feel we're all equal, but you have to be American to say smash the like button. Right. Now you've said it twice. Does that mean we get 24 algorithm points? Probably going to be banned for xenophobia right now. <laughs> So, uh, so moving swiftly on now, we've done a really weird intro and possibly the world's most strange, hey, subscribe to our channels kind of boost on this episode. We do actually have a topic for today, which is how to launch a website properly. Now, we have a whole, this, this episode is in danger of just becoming us reading out a list and we're going to try and not make that happen. All of these items that we're going to mention will be bulleted on in the show notes on the website. So if you miss anything or you you know you're driving, please don't make notes while you're doing this. Um, so you uh, you can head over to the the show notes and it'll all be there as as a bulleted list. And the purpose of this episode, 
Well, there's a few prerequisites, isn't there? We've we've just been chatting about this before we started. So there's a there's a few things we're not talking about this show, and I think we should probably just outline those first before we get started. <laughs> yeah, let's let let's just say for the sake of argument, it's safe to assume you've built a site properly. That's very general. What's properly mean? But we're going to go ahead and say it doesn't have any errors. You know, all the contents on there, right? Everything works as it's expected to. Yep. Okay, that's an obvious. That's a given. You've um, you've also browser checked it to make sure all the layouts work in something like browser stack or something like that. Yeah, yeah we're not talking looks about correct on your phones and all your devices and all that stuff. All the contents there. Caching. You've got your caching set up, and that's a whole. We probably were going to do a whole episode or something, maybe a video thing on this one. But yeah. you know, on, on working on getting your caching set up. But like, it, as long as there's something in place, it works. It's not breaking. That's that's our main goal right here. Yeah, absolutely. So. That's what we're not talking about. And the other thing we're not talking about is this podcast isn't going to be a tutorial on every single bullet point we are going to mention in the next 10, 15 minutes. That also isn't the point of this podcast. Otherwise, I think we'd lose the will to live and you listening or watching to this certainly would use the, lose the will to live. So, um, right. That's all the prerequisites out the way. <laughs> Let me. You're right. I would love it. I would do that for hours. The problem is, I just wouldn't get anything else done, and then I would be broke, and we, you know what I mean? It would be terrible. But I could do that for days. So if anybody what? wants to pay me to talk about this for days, you know. <laughs> Hello at seohive.co. Email it. Uh, set the subject as I want to pay Jeff, and he will. Attention, uh, he will pick attention that. Jeff wants to talk. <laughs> So let me kick this off with something that is a bugbear of mine, and I have come across so many times it is untrue. This is a sent this is exceptionally WordPress specific. But please, please make sure I know exactly what you're gonna say, even though we have a long list and I don't know which one you're picking. I know exactly which one you're gonna say. <laughs> unchecked. The yeah. disallow search engines button in WordPress, that's in settings. Make sure you've gone and done it because if you don't do that, your client's website, look, we've all heard of the Google dance and the client's website will go and do that. But if you don't uncheck that, your client site will just drop like a stone out of everywhere and it could take weeks for it to come back. So please well, like, go and do that. I, I don't know what the timeline is, but a day or two or maybe three max of blocking the whole site from the search engines, Google will find out and they will go, oh, the site disappeared. Okay. And they will, they will take that right off of their results. It's gone. They'll come yeah. back. But it's, oh, it sucks. And I've seen it happen so many times. <laughs> look, look uh, maybe actually just before we get on to the next one, which I'll let you pick one from the list, but let me say this. The, the reason why it's really important to launch a website properly is because of that Google dance that I've just mentioned. That there is no email address. This is the way I put it to clients. There's no email address. There's no form I can submit. There's no button that I can tick or hit that will tell Google that, hey, we've just launched a new website for XYZ domain name. Please be kind to it in the search engines. That doesn't that doesn't work. The, <laughs> the reason we have to get this stuff right is because one day Google will crawl your website and the code base that it has been expecting to see, because that's what it's seen in all of its snapshots up until that date, all of a sudden isn't just a little bit different. It doesn't just have an extra page or a post or a product or whatever it might be, but it is 
a hundred percent different. The entire thing is completely different. And Google has to figure out what the hell to do with the entire website. So as it goes and then triggers what's called the deep crawl of the website, it will then go and you will bounce around in the search engines doing this thing called the Google dance. One minute you can look and you'll be on page one, another, you know, two or three hours later, you can look and that same listing might have dropped to page four or five. And over the course of a few weeks, normally 10 days to two weeks, these jumps become less and less and less. And over a period of time, you, you settle down into that place. And so that is why it's important to get this right, because you're trying to minimize that disruption to the launch process of the site and make sure that when that process has happened, the website is then in the best new ranked place as it can be based on the the old site versus the new site. So that's why it's important. Have you got anything else to, to add to that before you move on to another one on this list? Well, kind of a little bit of a segue, if that's okay. And it's kind of the next one on our list, but it, it goes along with this really well. And that's making sure that all of your your pages are 301 redirected or any pages that are changing. Um, this is, of course, taking into account a site that is being basically rebuilt or relaunched or something. If it's a brand new site, this is irrelevant. But if you have a, let's use a blog post, for example, uh, you know, you've got, uh, now, I'm, now I'm having a mind blank, but you know, blog post, you know, 1020 or some stupid URL like that. Well, that needs to have the same URL on the new site, or you need to have a 301 that tells it where the new one is. And so a lot of times what happens when somebody kind of builds a website manually or something, if they don't have a copy of all the content or they change the permalinks on accident, all these things change, all your links are broken. Google raises those red flags that Pete was just mentioning about. Um, and, and, you know, that's all very, very important. But almost more so, it's kind of the user experience. You know, they might have, um, you know, marketing materials with links on them. Um, some of those links could have been custom short ones that they were using, QR codes and things like that. So these are all things that you've got to make sure get transferred over properly. The content has to exist in the same place or you need to put a 301 redirect in place. And you can't, there's no skimping on that. You have to do, it has to be one or the other. And checking 301, uh, checking for 301 redirects is one of the worst jobs on the planet. I'm not going to gild the lily. It is as boring as anything. And you end up with a hand that looks like a claw um, from all the copying and pasting that you'll be doing. But uh, actually it, running a spreadsheet, which has uh, a column with the old slug in it and a column with the new slug in it is the easiest way of doing it and then up uploading it into a plugin. Uh, some SEO plugins do it like um, SEO press does have a, a section that will handle the redirects for you, or you can use a um, specific redirection plugin like one called redirection, for example, uh, that <laughs> has a bulk uploader. So that's, that's by far the easiest way to manage it, but it is super important that as, as you say, yeah, if you've got an existing site, uh, that you're transitioning to new site. And that's the same if the domain name is changing as well. If the domain mm -hmm. name is changing and you're going to be forwarding that on, you need to forward the entire domain name, then pick up all the slugs from the old domain name. And if you don't know what a slug is, it is anything after the first forward slash that has come after domain name.com or .co.uk or whatever your TL, uh, TLD is. That forward slash onwards, that's the slug. You mentioned, um, again, here's another, we're on our fourth or fifth episode now, and we're mentioning SEO Press and bragging about them again, but um, we promise we're not sponsored. Uh, <laughs> uh, they have a 301 redirect tool you mentioned, but they also have kind of a monitor. So it will monitor your site. And this is probably something good to put in place right after a, uh, a relaunch or, you know, a, a, a big update like that we're talking about here. 
Um, it will monitor for 404s, which is a you know somebody trying to visit a page that doesn't exist, a broken link. And then um, you'll have a list of all of those ones. And what happens most of the time, you'll see just a bunch of bots and stuff that are just spamming, you know, all these different words and trying to find things on your website. But you will see, you know, if there was a, a URL that didn't get 301 and people are visiting it, it's going to show up in this list. So that's a good thing to review. Well, one, you got to turn it on. But two, it's a good thing to review maybe the day after you launch, maybe in the week after you launch, maybe again a month after you launch. Just make sure nothing got left behind. Um, and on that note, and Pete, please tell me if and why this is a bad idea, because I believe it is, but there are, um, 404 to 301, like automatic tools where they will just take any broken link and redirect it to the homepage. And that seems very convenient, but I believe there are some negative things to consider. Yeah. So, um, yeah, you've raised a very good point there. You ideally need to find the most appropriate content on the new site and run the run the 301 redirect to that so if you've if you're launching an e-commerce website or something and a product doesn't exist anymore maybe the product category still does or maybe there's a a a comparable product which you could redirect to instead but yeah just taking all broken links and sticking them to the um sticking them to the the homepage isn't isn't a great idea you know could you remember back in the day when we actually used to put www dot at the start of domain names um yeah yeah yeah, yeah. well that www stands for World Wide web and the, the the reason that that's important is because it helps with this understanding that all pages are connected through links that's the thing that makes the connections makes makes up the web so if you're, you know, a huge part of your domain authority is the internal links that are coming, the, the, the external links that are coming into the website. Um, and they will generally point to lots and lots of different pages all over your site, particularly if you've been running some link building campaigns, you know, you'll be getting links to particular blog posts and, and that kind of thing, particular pages pot- potentially to help them rank for certain keywords. If you just go and carte blanche, you know, send all of those links directly to the homepage. Again, it's a similar thing with the Google Dance. You're you're not putting the authority in the right places. So you're not really helping Google understand how this website works, what the structure is, what are the pillars of content that you have, which are the primary pages or the cornerstone pages, and which is supportive or cluster content. Links carry all that information. So you you do really need to be careful with how you how you do this. And yeah, a, a blanket carte blanche send all 404 to the homepage, you could do quite a lot of damage by by doing that, if we're being honest. It's two bags, that'd be awfully convenient. But, you know, <laughs> think about it from a usability standpoint, too. I've been on blogs. This, this is very applicable to blogs because that content and the URL, the slugs kind of grow and grow and grow. Mm. But, um, you know, I've been on a blog where they mentioned, oh, you know, go to this site or go to this blog for more info. So-and-so wrote a good write-up about this, that, you know, more than I can go into. And you click it and that page is broken or you get redirected to the homepage, you're like, I'm so disappointed because I was really looking for that information. Like that's what Google is doing. They're helping you prevent that. Right. Or they're helping you make sure you don't make those mistakes. And when they see those mistakes happen, they go, all right, we're going to stop them in their tracks. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's exactly what it's about. So, um, Right, let's let's rattle through a few because I know we've got a couple of doozies in here that we we do want to talk around. So let's uh, yeah. let's get a couple of easy ones knocked out of the park. So um, first uh, first things first, you've got some obvious things. Make sure that all of the name, address, and phone number details are correct. Uh, make sure that contact forms are going to submit to 
the the client's email address. That they're not going to come through to you because believe me, you don't want to be receiving inquiries and becoming a PA for for clients to make sure that their uh, their forms are going to the right place. So yeah, make sure that they all send send off to the right uh, thing. Make sure that you are updating the home URL and the um, the website URL in WordPress. There's two of them, obviously, but make sure that they are set to the client's new domain name so that you can you can do it. That's actually going to be one of the very last things that you do. Um, because once you do that, you will start to break, you know, you won't be able to log in anymore. It'll forward you onto the, to the live website. Um, yeah. if, if I could real quick about that, one thing I always like to do, regardless of what tools say they're going to do, um, I know like w- we both use Cloudways quite a bit and they've got a great migrator, right? When you migrate a website over to their platform and when you change the URLs, it goes through the database. It does all that for you. That said, I've still seen it a couple times for whatever reason, miss one or two in the database. Um, if anybody say hard coded URLs in WP config or any of the theme files, yeah, those yeah, don't yeah. always get picked up. Um, so I like to one check those, but then two, I use a plugin called uh, better searcher replace. Yep. And it's just an easy way to edit the database in a relatively safely manner. Um, and search for that dev URL or staging URL and then the live URL. You know, make sure it has HTTPS and all the applicable things there. But I always do that and just do a full database search. And, uh, you know, most of the time it's not necessary, but every now and then it will find one or two mistakes here and there. Well, you know, that's uh, Better Search Replace is, is the plugin I use for that as well. And one of the great features with that plugin, again, no affiliate, not sponsored. They're not, no affiliate, affiliation to this podcast whatsoever. But they, uh, it allows you to do a dry run of any query that you put in there. So you can actually see how many changes are going to be made to the database before you actually run the query. So the first thing is, if there's going to be none, you know you can move on. And secondly, you know, if, if it comes up with some stupid number like, there's going to be 13,000 updates to your database, then you might want to think, actually, maybe I've not got this query quite right, actually. So, <laughs> so it lets you double check it before you break anything. Slow your roll, database <laughs> querier. <laughs> so, uh, okay, let's, uh, right, another couple of quick ones. Make sure that you've copied over your Google Analytics or whatever analytics tracking that there's going to be in there. And alongside that, while you're on with that, see if there's any conversion tracking for any other plugins, uh, any other platforms in there. So maybe that's Facebook tracking pixel or LinkedIn tracking or Google ads tracking or whatever it might be. Copy and paste it out the source code of the old website into the new one and and make sure that it's all that it's all set up in there. Those get left behind very often. Oh, absolutely. Another one that gets missed out all the time. How many websites, Jeff, here's one, have you seen go live with no 404 page template? Most. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, but to be fair, most themes have a somewhat, you know, kind of like, hey, here's your default one and a little search box. But having a custom one or having one, here's here's the here's really what everybody should put in place. And I admit we don't do it as much as we should. A custom 404 that helps the users find where they want to go. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really the purpose of it, isn't it? Look, if you you have an opportunity with a four hundred four, which is somebody's come into your website and for whatever reason they're not where they anticipated or you anticipated they would be, if you don't give them an op- opportunity on that page to to get somewhere else, they will just hit back. They they will go back. So it's it's really your responsibility to make sure that that page has the opportunity for them to find something else 
okay, it's got the nav at the top, but that's really a bit of a, for the sake of putting a search form on there, how can we help you? You know, what is it you were looking for today? Oops, this has gone wrong. What is it you were actually looking for? Tap it in the box and, and off you go. Um, you know, just even that default search box that I'm, you know, used to seeing, at least with like, I don't know, Cadence, like Astro and Beaver Builder and stuff. Um, and I think it's pretty, probably similar for most themes, but also check and make sure that the search works. <laughs> You know how many times I, the search page is something that just most people never look at. And, um, you know, you said that you might have to create a custom template for it, or it might be default, or maybe just the colors aren't, you know, it might just be white text on a white background. Like just take a minute and look at it and make sure you're not forgetting something. And that is one that isn't on our list. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll add that to it before we, before we make the show notes. Um, Right, I've got two more quick ones, and then let's then let's get into a uh, into a, a proper one. Uh, so, uh, next one, make sure that all the social media links are correct, that they're set properly in uh, either site settings or however you've decided to to set them up. Maybe your theme has has options for them. I don't know, but make sure that they all go to the correct addresses and not just hashtag somewhere or something like that. Uh, and then, right, another one that is really quick, but again, I have seen too many times is if you're dealing with a site that takes payments, whether that's e-commerce or just payments through forms or whatever it might be, make sure that the payment gateway isn't in test mode. That has to be flicked to live. Otherwise, payments don't get made. You're going to be liable for it. It all gets very, very, very messy. Yep. Very, uh, check everything on the uh, with your processor because a lot of times too, um, when you do things on a dev URL, we'll use the dev URL for a lot of like web hooks and things. And I'm not going to get into all that stuff, but you you will need to make sure it's the live URL and things like that. So yeah. just check all that stuff. I know we're kind of going off base from SEO here, but there's you can't. Let me put it this way: you can't do SEO for a client if you screwed their website up from the yeah, launch. Absolutely. <laughs> they're going to fire you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And a lot, a lot of this list is experience. We have made these mistakes so you don't have to. <laughs> that's that's the that's the name of the game here. I'm biting right. my tongue right now. I'm like, there's, I'm like, might have made one of those last week. I'm not going to tell you which one, but might have made one of them. I might have seen one of them. Let me say that. Right, let's... Dollar. Let's get into a slightly bigger one. Uh, ensure that all plugins, themes, and WordPress updates have been applied to the site before you send it live. Yes, that's right. Even if the client Would is... this be important? <laughs> well, look, you, look you, you're, you are eminently more qualified to talk about how to do this than I am. So I'll say my two penneth right now, and then then you can pick up the button on this one. But for me, particularly as somebody that's coached agency owners in the past, and I, 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 in the past I do it now, um, I get really frustrated when I see that a client who's come to an agency as the web professional gets delivered a product that isn't up to date on the day that it launches. It's irrelevant whether they have signed up to your maintenance plan or not, starting the day after live or the day of live. As the web professional, it is your job to make sure that that website is in tip-top condition with zero updates applicable at the point of live. Once live's happened, 
then that's that that's up to them if they haven't signed up to to maintenance uh, or updates or whatever it is you call it then that that is you know that's a further discussion to have but to get the website live you must make sure it's up to date how would you feel if you went to a to take your car to the mechanic and he gave it back to you with a whole load of stuff that he hadn't done you know oh yeah we've done the service but i didn't put any oil in it you can do that when you get home it just doesn't you know, you wouldn't accept it in any other part of life. We shouldn't be doing it as as web professionals. I'll now get off my soapbox. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Most of the time, this is going to be a non-issue. But when it is an issue, it is really, really bad. And I have seen, so just in case, you know, the 12-second spiel, my other business, we do... Uh, WordPress maintenance and support. We host and maintain, you know, a few hundred websites. So we see this in all kinds of different shapes and forms. Some people bring in a site that's perfect. Everything is all good. Other ones, and we've, you know, if you've built websites for clients, you've been in a situation, some projects take months. Some projects take years, even for just a very basic site. I have had agencies hand off a site, launch it themselves. You know, it's live to clients accessing and stuff. And they still have the same theme and the same plugins from when they set up the dev site like a year and a half ago. And they never, they never updated it. Well, it works, right? But <laughs> now that it's live, well, you don't know what's going to happen when you make that many jumps. Is something going to break? Possibly. Um, is it vulnerable? Likely. <laughs> there's a good chance if it hasn't received an update in, you know, if any of these plugins or themes, you know, there's so many different ones, obviously, and, you know, lots of variables here. But if it's going that long, there's a good chance there was a security vulnerability exposed in that, yeah. in that stage. So, so we've seen you know agencies and developers not just work on insecure sites, but like deliver and hand off an insecure site. And we're not even saying you have to spend any sort of you know extensive time focusing on security. Just keep it up to date. That's the most that's the most vital thing you can do to keep a site up to date is keep it up to date. I'm sorry to keep yeah. it safe and secure is by keeping it up to date. Yeah. Um, it's not foolproof, but that's the first step. So yeah, anyway, not to kind of go on a rant there, but there's no excuse why, you know, the, the developer or the agency some can't quickly update all these things, make sure a problem doesn't exist. Maybe this is something you work out with your maintenance, your developer team. I don't know how that works for your agency, but like, you got to cross this off your list. Yeah. <laughs> and honestly, I think the developers should be doing this routinely through the process too, you know, you like, will, you one of the comments I was going to make, it just dawned on me while you were talking, is actually, you know, a lot of us use starter sites in order to, as part of our dev stack, in order to start building a site. And it's really important to make sure that that's kept up to date as well. Um, so that at least when you then start each project, again, everything's up to date. Yes, of course, you're going to have to, you know, if a project does go on a while, you are going to have to run inter interim updates uh, as as you're developing. But at least you then know you're starting on the right foot. There's no point if you put a starter site together three or four years ago, you still cloning that and just using that as your base. You're going to have to update that uh, starter site because it's going to save you a lot of time than updating every install that you create off it. Yeah. Um, and you, most of the time when you copy it, you got to relicense everything. So, And you're yeah. going to do that, but do it once on a dev site. Keep it up to date. We do that now. We have uh, the, the main dev site that we use for things. We've got it connected with Managed WP like it's a client. You know, it gets daily backup. Uh, it gets all the updates that come out. And, you know, we run security scans on it because having a secure and safe, you know, core site that you're going to replicate is very important. Otherwise, you're duplicating your problems. And, you know, absolutely, absolutely. Um, 
yeah so so make sure that that is that is key now the the other thing i would mention is the certain tasks we've already mentioned that i would probably do after i've run all the updates in fact making sure the site is entirely up to date all the plugins are up to date the cores up to date etc cetera, etc cetera, that's probably one of the first tasks i would do when i've when i'm getting a site ready for launch because things that we've already mentioned things like checking that the contact form submit off to the client email address well if you go and do that and then you go and update all your plugins and your form plugin is one of the ones that goes and updates you you may well break the form again so you you need to make sure that you uh, yeah this is probably one of the things that i would do right at the start clients approve the site we've got a live date coming up maybe that's in a day or two's time uh, that's another key thing. Make sure you have time to go live. This isn't just like a five-minute job of, okay, they've approved it. Yeah, let's change the domains and off we go. Make sure you've put in the schedule that you're that you're billing the time to do this properly and, and get the site live. Run your plugin updates first, your core updates first, then run through everything else because then you know that you're, uh, yeah, you're, you're working on a, a non-changing sort of uh, code base to begin with. Variables, man, variables. Oh, there's so many of them. <laughs> so everything we've mentioned so far is what we would do in between the client approving the website and actually changing the domain name. And there's a couple more things to add to that list. And I re- look, this this episode, as we said right at the top, it's a bit of a bullet list. It's a bit of a it's a bit of a touch base of make sure you've done all these things. Uh, there's one kind of last big one, which then can give you a list of extras to do. And that is uh, to run an SEO health check on your on the new site. And that is going to throw up a whole load of things. It's going to take a load of the legwork out for you to make sure that some of these things aren't missed, but it's it's also potentially going to add things that you need to, to correct before you can hit live. So an SEO health check will do things like make sure that there's only one H1 tag on every page. It'll make sure that every page has a meta title and meta description set and that they're the right length. And if not, it'll give you a list of the the uh, the pages that need correcting. Um, it'll if if you get a good <laughs> a good health audit like the ones SEO Hive offer. Uh, if you shameless plug, if you get a uh, if you get a good health check done, then uh, it will also run a speed test on all of the pages of your website. You should really make sure that at an absolute maximum, no page on the website is loading in over three point zero seconds. So every timestamp should start with a, a two two point something at the very most. Um, but your your health check will do all that. So that yeah, there's a whole load of things that that health check may throw up. It could also throw up 404s. It could also throw up broken links. Um, it could throw up uh, duplicate content issues. It could throw up issues where insecure resources are being referenced from secure pages, for example. So um, image alt tags, it could throw those up as well. So yeah, at some point after you've updated the plugins, but before you send the site live, make sure you've done a full health audit and that the site is as good as it can be. Some of those things might be content-based. You might need to bounce them off to the client, which is absolutely fine. Uh, and the client may agree to address some of them post-live. That's also fine. But you've, by doing the health check and providing the information, you have done your due diligence. You have done your part of the jigsaw. Yeah, then you know what else has to be done. You know it needs to be fixed. The client should, you, you know, you've got information to, you know, let the client know. Like you said, they might not be ready to, 
elaborate on the content on you know page number three or whatever but it's there it's in the plan you can put something together um <clears throat> you mentioned doing this before you go live there's nothing wrong with doing this on the staging side no for, in, in, for most of the aspects at least you know because you're gonna you're looking at the the technical stuff so if this is still in a dev url it's not live that's fine you know check it now and you'll know, oh, we got to go set uh, whatever the social settings and to make sure there's a Facebook OG image or whatever, yep. you know, blank pops up on the audit report. But yeah, you can do this all. You can prepare yourself and, you know, do this before the site launches too. If, if it's already launched, that's fine. Do it there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's, so might be uh, a little easier to understand, but, you know, in any case. The other thing that might be handy to do, and I, I don't do this every time, but I do do it sometimes, particularly if we're going to take over the hosting of a site. So if a site is hosted elsewhere, I may not go and run a full health audit on the old site, but I probably will go and run a speed test so that I know that the new site is definitely running quicker than the old one was. Um, and that's, you, you know, the, the last thing you want to get from a client is that, hey, well, we love the look of the new site, but it's just taking so long to load. We want to go back to the old one. Um, it, yeah, you, you don't want to get there. So make sure that that's, that's happening. Now, if it's a site you already, you're already hosting versus a new site you're already hosting, maybe you've already got the speed information on the previous site anyway, but chances are it's not going to be so much of an issue. Um, unless, I don't know, unless there's major, major changes to functionality or, you know, if they're going from non-e-commerce to e-commerce or something, I guess. But the, yeah, make sure that if you, that you're doing some comparisons, if you are taking over the hosting as well. Uh, yeah, we won't uh, dig into hosting too much, but I will say, feel com be comfortable with hosting or make sure your team is. And if you've got a problem with a site like that's not loading properly or you're having caching problems, like test on another host and just make sure it's not the host is the problem. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So that kind of gives you a wrap of the stuff you should do. This is the point I would then go and change the domain names in the database. Um, it's up to you how you do it. I prefer to do it in the database or in the WP config file, but, but it's up to you. Um, and then you're not finished. This is the key thing. You then go and repoint the DNS. And when the DNS comes through, there's then a few things that you do need to do beyond that once the site is live. So Jeff, do you wanna do you wanna kick us off with a few of these? I feel like I've done a lot of the talking. Well, you probably need to, especially if it's a new one, you need to submit it to Search Console. Yep. And if it isn't a new one, you need to make sure that the old one in Search Console has the right sitemap URL, because the sitemap URL may also be different old site to new site. So you need to make yes. sure that that's updated. Some so you've got plugins to, have a slightly different way of, of referring to sitemap.xml. Like they'll, they'll change it to yeah. like sitemap underscore something or else like that. Make sure that doesn't change. Because again, that's just like we were saying, you know, if you block the search engine or whatnot, if you're linking to a dead sitemap, it, all of a sudden Google, they'll figure it out probably, but at first they're going to go, where'd all the content go? All right, let's get that out of our search results. Yep. Uh, next thing is, and this is potentially a, more of a Cloudway specific thing, I guess, because it depends how you set up your SSL certificates, but Cloudways particularly won't allow you to install an SSL certificate until the domain is pointed. So 
that is something that you have to do post live if you're on a Cloudway server, unless you've pointed the domain to maybe a holding page or something the day or, the day or two before, managed to get it set up then. But yeah, you you need to make sure that the SSL certificate is installed and it is working on the live domain. And even if you've done a manual install of an SSL, I'd still I'd still go and double check it. It's not worth getting it wrong. Yeah, I mean, I've you know we've done security certificates for years or decades now at this point. And I still think in 2023, it is a pain in the butt to set up a manual security certificate. I love the automated options that we have now with Let's Encrypt. That's what Cloudways uses and stuff. But uh, to generate an SSL, you do need to have the DNS live. So like you said, you know, it's, it's more than just Cloudways. You pretty much always need to be pointing that live before getting it in place. But thankfully, you know, these days it's, a, it's really quick. It's super easy. It takes a minute to do and then it's automated and boom, you're set up check your urls do the better search and replace again just in case if you haven't done that you know but but yeah it's 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 mandatory thankfully a lot faster nowadays uh then the next one is something we've kind of already touched on but uh you mentioned about licensing on the plugins now a lot of that is linked to domains so you know i look i i, I a lot of licensed plugins I know run unlimited sites when when you have the license maybe you've got an ltd or whatever um and you know you can have as many installs as you want but actually for future updates they may not work unless you go and re-authenticate the key against the new domain name so uh yeah you you might have to go and do that just whip through again once it's live whip through a few of your premium plugins and make sure that that's done and of course if you don't have unlimited resources you you're working on limited seats and one of those seats was a dev seat and now you need to switch that to a live seat. Then, of course, you can go into each plugin manually and remove the staging domain and, and add the add the live domain. So, yeah, make sure that all of those are updated because even if the client isn't on a maintenance plan, they still need to be able to update plugins in the future, even if you're not going to do it for them. Yes. <laughs> I was going to kind of asterisk on that. You know, if they're not on a maintenance plan, it might be a different story, but assuming they are, you know. Well, if they're not going to be on a maintenance plan, so here's, here's an interesting one. We have gone on a bit longer than we, we anticipated with this list. But if they're not going to be on a maintenance plan and you use a licensed plugin, it's I don't think it's kind of right for you to then just remove the licensing now you might say to the, to the client, look, if you're not on a, if you are on a maintenance plan, I will cover these license fees. If you're not on a maintenance plan, then here's a list of the plugins that you need to go and purchase. And once the site is live, or as we're putting the site live, please send me your keys and I will put them in. But either way, I don't think it's right for a site to go live where a client can't update something. Yeah, if they're not on a maintenance plan, they should be able to do all of the you know, all of the plugin updates themselves. Because if you send it live and they can't update plugins, and then that becomes a security vulnerability, who's liable for that in six or 12 months time? So one way or another, the client needs to be able to update the plugins, or you should be on your maintenance plan, in which case the keys need to be updated. Yeah, we could probably do a whole episode just on on this topic. I mean, I have some feelings different ways, but one of the important things is, figuring out from the get-go from the start whether they're you know going to be on maintenance and 
for, you know, we don't do a lot of client direct work anymore, but it's always the discussion from the first meeting. And it's always yeah. part of the plan because we know that's the part of, you know, giving you the best result. If a company was coming to us to just commission a website build and then they were going to take it and do their own with their own thing with it, we'd probably be uncomfortable with what they were going to do with it if there wasn't a good plan in place. Yeah, so yeah. we might not give them all, but also knowing their uh, requirements or situation from the get-go allows you to make those decisions. So I wouldn't be using a bunch of paid software that they wouldn't then go buy. I'd mean to tell them, you've got to buy this if it's requirement for what you need. But I, I guess I should say I wouldn't use tools that make my life easier. Say like, um, what's it? The ultimate add-ons for Beaver Builder. Like that's mm -hmm. just a, that's just to make my life easier to make a fancier slideshow or something, right? I'm not going to chart make them pay for that. Like they shouldn't have to pay yeah, for yeah. that. So I wouldn't have used that if I knew from the get-go that they weren't going to be, you know, paying us for maintenance and licensing things like that. So that that's something to consider, and it's. Again, we're we're going off on segues here, but you know that's that's definitely something to consider as part of the whole project scope plan and keeping the yep. client on board. You're dead right. You're dead right. So maybe then to bring this into land, uh, the the final two for the post live. I realize we missed two on the pre on the pre live list, uh, but to close off the post live list, if they are on a maintenance plan, if they're going to be going onto a maintenance plan, then. Once it's live, this is the time that you set up all that infrastructure, whether it's hooking it into Manage WP or registering it with a white label provider like uh, like MaintainPress that Jeff runs. What, however, you decide to do it, yeah, I'll give you I'll give you the shout out. It's all right; you don't have to do it. You're not gonna you don't have to do it yourself. We get a bill um, for that commercial. <laughs> yeah, the, the 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 invoice will be in the post. Um, so, so but yeah, however, if they are going to be on a maintenance plan as part of your go live process, that is the time to then set up however that's going to work. Um, if they're not going to be on a maintenance plan, well, then this is your next bite at the cherry to try and sell them onto one. And we we both use and fully uh, accredit and refer people to Kyle Van Dusen and the Admin Bar's website owner's manual. Go and check out the WOM. It's, I think it's $27 at last check. It's the best $27 you'll spend on, uh, you know, getting people onto maintenance plans. I have had a hundred percent success rate on getting people onto maintenance plans every time I've used that flipping thing. So it, it is, it is awesome. And he's recently updated it. Um, no, no need to say any more about the website owner's manual. <laughs> Now, I actually, I want to give one quick plug for that. I've actually had a hundred percent conversion rate of saving clients with it. So some of our white label <laughs> providers have had yeah. people cancel and they've wanted their info. So we've, we've written up the WOM for them, given it to them and then say, okay, cool. Well, here's all the stuff that you, you know, you may have not had from the get-go. And they were like, whoa, we didn't know what was going into that. Like, well, yep. that should have happened, but yes, you know, ta-da. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, go and check that out. Um, Go over to the adminbar.com website. I don't know. It, it, there's, there's a thing in there called products. It's one of the products that they sell. They've only got three I think or four it products. costs more than that now, but if it, and if it does, it's still worth it. I don't care. It's, it's still worth it. <laughs> and if it doesn't, Kyle, raise the price. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> uh, so that would then basically, hopefully by that point, you've got a live website. The two things we missed off the list before you go live. One is to check your... Uh, cookies policy and your privacy policies to make sure that they are up to date. Uh, that is really, really important. You don't want that going live uh, without, um, yeah, without anything that, that's not right on it. And I Be sure to set some time with your lawyer to have those written up. And if you don't have time for that, use Termageddon. 
absolutely. Yeah, oh yeah, go. The guys at Termageddon <laughs> are great. Um, yeah, uh, if you need to have a plan in place for that. But look, even if you've just copied and copied stuff over, if it's referring to plugins uh, or uh, cookies or whatever that don't exist anymore, or it's missing cookies that do exist, it, it's kind of your job to to know what those are and make sure that they're they're accurate. And uh, the the second one, which I have remembered is um, make sure that the business details are all set up in the business schema properly, which is normally done through your SEO plugin, but just make sure that those business details are in there and correct. And if you haven't done it there, your SEO health check should then flag it as an issue if you haven't said it already. So that would tell you about it anyway. So you might have you might have covered it in something else, but I didn't want didn't to miss it. Phew. I think that's it. Have yeah. I missed anything? Have you got any other thoughts? Yeah, well, I, I think we've probably missed a lot, but I think <laughs> I think this is one of those uh, never exhausting, ever exhausting, never exhausting, whatever. I don't know English. Um, one of those things that you'll never get to the end of. You could always think of more things to catch. I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm still looking at a list of all kinds of little things, but I, here's the big thing, guys. <laughs> Do the best you can for your clients. Cover your butt. <laughs> Set them yeah. up as properly. Deliver as much as you can on a silver platter to Google. Yep, that's it. That's that's the nutshell. And believe me, you may, like we've said, you may or may not win an SEO client or a maintenance client by doing this stuff, but you can sure as hell lose one by getting this wrong. So just dot your I's, cross your T's, make sure that you have a process or a checklist or whatever it is, or find a service that can help you with that and make sure you're launching websites properly because it is not just a you know a, a five minute job at the end of a project to get the final invoice out it needs to be done properly um and hopefully this episode has demonstrated why that's important so hope i gave you a few uh, few tips maybe a couple of things you weren't considering before maybe a couple of things that you just flat out were doing wrong before hopefully we uh i mean you know not to shame you about it, but hopefully you learn something and take away and improve your processes moving forward here. Absolutely. And we would love to know if we have highlighted anything to you. We'd love to know if you think we've missed anything. Um, so feel free to email us at hello at seohive.co. And if we don't see you there in our inbox, we will see you in the next episode. Um, yeah, hope you've enjoyed it. The WP SEO Show is brought to you by SEO Hive, your agency's proactive white label SEO partner. We understand that finding a reliable SEO supplier is key to ensuring you build stable monthly recurring revenue into your digital agency. At SEO Hive, we have a suite of products that will help you sell, scale and deliver your monthly SEO retainers, from our scout reports and one-off technical boosters, to our flagship local SEO and honeypot plans, all of which have clear pricing and monthly deliverables. If you want to explore how SEO Hive can help your agency deliver high-quality and reliable SEO agreements for your clients, you can find more information at seohive.co and schedule a call to discuss the next steps.